view as the choir singing praise to our Lord this morning. We do give thanks to the Lord Jesus who was born to die, but to rise so that we might have life. And the scriptures teach that all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And I know many of you here this morning have done just that and are saved. So it might shock you for me to say that you're not saved yet. You might say, what do you mean I'm not saved yet? When I believed on the Lord Jesus, God wonderfully saved me. At that very moment, God forgave me all my trespasses. I was justified freely by His grace. I was redeemed by His precious blood. I received God's free gift of eternal life. I passed from death unto life. I was born into God's family. How dare you say I am not saved yet? So what do I mean? You are not saved yet. Well, the ushers back there have a handout. A preacher friend of, of mine has put this together here for us, and the title's quite shocking. You are not saved yet. Well, that's the point of it. It's supposed to be shocking to get our attention. Well, what's the point of it? Well, I was just going to give this to you for you to take home and read, but as I thought about it, I thought, wait a minute. If we don't read this together, people are just going to sit there and read it while I'm trying to go on, so we might as well just read it together. What does, what does this preacher mean when he says that you are not saved yet? What is the significance of that? Well, as he's gone through, and you can see there in the first paragraph, those objections that you might have in hearing that statement. And all of those objections are absolutely true. And so I'd like to finish reading this, and you can follow along with me and take this home also to look up these verses and to think and meditate on these truths. While we thank God there in the second paragraph, without ceasing that all these things are absolutely true, yet the Bible speaks of a salvation that has not yet happened, but which is going to happen very soon. Quote, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. It is near, but it is not yet here. The God who began a great work in us has not completed it, but soon will. He is not finished with us yet. In our uncompleted state, we still sin. We still struggle with temptations. We still must endure fiery trials. We still suffer bodily ills and afflictions. We still live in a satanic world wrestling against wicked powers. We still live in a sin-cursed world. We are still subject to disease, bodily deterioration, and death. But praise God, the day of our deliverance is coming, and our future salvation is guaranteed. 1 Peter 1.5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Are you joyfully anticipating your glorification and completed salvation. What a joy it is to know 
that Jesus Christ has done all that is required for our salvation. And all those that believe in him, he has saved. And those he has saved, he is saving. And ultimately, one day, in the resurrection, will be completed work of salvation. And that is a glory that we can joy and rejoice in. Would you join me as I seek the Lord this morning as we open his word together? Gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for your word. We give thanks to you that, Lord Jesus, you came born as that baby of that virgin in Bethlehem, that you grew, that you lived a sinless life, and that you laid it down for us so that our sins could be washed away, so that we could be saved. We praise you in glory in this. We rejoice in glory in the work you are doing in each one of our lives as you are completing us. And we look forward to that day in your presence, resurrected and glorified, when we will be fully and completely saved. We look to that day. Lord Jesus, I pray that it may motivate us, encourage us, and give us joy and hope today and each day in our lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Salvation. Our salvation is a glorious thing. It is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that we receive through faith. In our church's statement of faith, if you turn that piece of paper over to the back, you will see a copy of it printed as we continue the section of the believer's position in Christ dealing with the topic of sanctification. Now, in the Bible, there are a lot of different words that are used to explain a lot of different things, and it's really important for us to understand them. One of those words is the word sanctify or sanctification. And I'm thankful that our statement of faith defines it right in our statement because it's important to know what that word means. We believe that sanctification means a setting apart unto God in reference to the believer. Each one of us who are believers are set apart unto God. Out of all of the people in the world, we are set apart to God. Now, there are a lot of things that take place when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are set apart. But let me tell you something else that's kind of interesting we learn from the Scripture. At the moment that you are saved you are also glorified. And you say, wait a minute, preacher, you're contradicting yourself. How? I thought that's in the future when I'm resurrected. Well, you're right, it is in the future. But the reality of the future in the eyes of God is so sure and so guaranteed, you and I can live as if we're glorified today. Now, all of the realities of that isn't true in the sense that we still have this mortal body that really has its aches and pains. 
and we have a struggle with sin and a lot of other things. But this is the truth and the glory of it is in knowing the fact that we're as good as glorified when we deal with what those things are troubling us in anticipation of that glorified salvation, it is a motivation to us and an encouragement to us. It's really described in different ways. Different people throughout history have tried to describe sanctification because it's spoken of as something that's done, it's spoken of something that's happening, and it's spoken as something that will happen. And so as you read your Bible, you kind of can be confused. And so people throughout history have sought to try to distinguish what it all means. And there's different ways they've done that. One is in, in reference of the time of it. Sanctification is something that's past, present, and future, meaning that it is something that has been done in the past, it is something that is happening right now, and is something that will be completed in the future. It's also been described as, as those who put together our statement of faith for our church have described it as positional, progressive, and complete. That's the reason, again, if you take that handout that you received and turn it over to the back, you'll see there we believe that sanctification means a setting apart unto God in reference to the believer. It is threefold. One, positional, two, progressive, and three, complete. What do those mean? Well, let's look at what our statement says, and then we're going to delve into those more specifically. Threefold, first of all, positional. The moment a person believes, he is set apart in Christ. The moment that you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are sanctified. You are set apart from the world in Christ. You are put into Christ. You are a part of Him. That's your position. That's the first aspect of sanctification of the believer, your position in Christ. The second aspect of sanctification is progressive. Our statement says, while the believer's standing is perfect in Christ, his state is as imperfect as his walk. He is to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God the Lord. What this is, is that our sanctification, when we believe, we are set apart in Christ. And every day after that, we continually are set apart unto God. Every day. Hopefully every day. Every day we are growing. Every day we are being set apart unto God. We are as it's described in one passage, going from glory to glory. Every day is an important part of us being set apart to God. You'll notice here I put a word in brackets there in your sheet. That's not in our statement of faith, but I think it's something we should consider in the future adding because many people re-see the word state there, and when we think of state, we think of what someone is. And so when you might read this as someone is imperfect, you say, wait a minute, no, no, no. As it says in the first sentence, the believer's standing is perfect in Christ. We are perfect in Christ. 
and he is doing a work in our lives. State doesn't mean specifically who someone is intrinsically. Who we as Christians are intrinsically is members of the body of Christ. We are in Christ. We are united with him. Our life is hid with his. And the state here could be viewed in the sense of how we view water. We have the solid state, the liquid state, and the gas state. It's all water. It's still water, just as the Christian is still water. So, but yet we refer to those states, you might say, those stages. And the same is true for a Christian. There is a sense in which they are growing from one, or we, we need to be, we need to be growing in grace. And that is that our state and our experience from day to day, we are continually set apart. We are incomplete but yet we're complete in Christ. But yet, he's still working on us. This is part of what is glorious in this, and we're going to come back to that. But let's keep focused here on these three. We are set apart, sanctified in our position, positionally. It is a progressive setting apart. And thirdly, it is a complete. The believer will, at the coming of Christ for his own, be completely set apart. His standing and his state will then be one and identical. It will be a complete sanctification, a completion of his work in our lives. And we look forward to that day. So why is this important? Well, there's two reasons that I see. The first is, is that as we're reading our Bibles and we read about having been sanctified, about being sanctified, and about will be sanctified, it's important for us to understand it all, lest we come to the wild conclusion that the Bible is contradicting itself. It's not contradicting itself. It is all speaking of our being set apart to God, the past, the present, and the future, our position, what is progressive, and what will be complete. But here's the other aspect of it that is vitally important for us to understand as we live the Christian life, we must keep all three simultaneously in focus. What do I mean by that? Especially take for a moment your position right now. Today, many of you have been saved in the past, and none of us are glorified. We are dealing with the day-by-day setting apart unto God. And we all have struggles in our spiritual life. We all have failures. We are tempted to be overcome with guilt. We are tempted to be frustrated with ourselves. Sometimes we are tempted to be frustrated with God. And thereby... Knowing that reality, it is vitally important that we understand that we as believers are set apart in Christ. We are in Him. He in us. The hope of glory. And so no matter where we're at in the now and dirty of life, we take and know we're in Christ. And as being in Christ, we know and consider 
that there is a reality to come that we will be complete in our body, in our spirit, in all parts, and in all reality, physical and spiritual, complete in him. And we joy in that day. We look to that day. And so that now in the struggle, we look back and we consider our standing in Christ and we look forward to our glorification. And you know what that motivates us to do today? To surrender ourselves to the one in whom we have our life. To surrender ourselves to Christ, to let him have his way in us. Knowing that we are already his and that he is longing to do a work in us and that one day he will present us complete. This should be our motivation day by day. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 17. John 17 is a prayer of the Lord Jesus that he prays for each one of us. It's a famous prayer. It's a famous subsection of his prayer. Jesus prays, sanctify them, set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This speaks of what is happening day by day in our lives, being set apart unto God. Let's take our Bibles and turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 goes down through and lists a group of people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 of verse 9 says, speaks of being not deceived for neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor railers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And the verse I want you to look at key is there in verse 11. And such were some of you but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. When we consider our past, when we consider our sin, we can look to the scripture here where it declares that we are just sanctified. We are justified is declared as fact. We are sanctified. And this is in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how horrific our background is, our past, he sets us apart unto himself. He justifies us. He declares us righteous in his sight. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 10 through 14 speak of the Lord Jesus, who is the high priest, who gave himself 
for us. He offered his body once and for all. And there it is declared that we are sanctified. We are sanctified. We are set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, the blood of Jesus Christ purchases you, buys you from whatever you may condemn you, and you are set apart as a cherished treasure unto God, for you are in Christ Jesus. You and I, we are united in him. We often, and the scripture often speaks of this, not only as justification and sanctification, but also as salvation. We are saved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, Paul declares in the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the preaching of the cross is unto the Gentiles, the people who are godless, um, those who perish as foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Notice his phrase, he declares, which are saved. Those who are sanctified are saved. And with this fact, with this reality, the Lord Jesus Christ, through his word and through the spirit of God, day by day continues to set us apart unto himself. Answering the prayer of Jesus, which he prayed in John 17, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. How does he do that? Take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This chapter is beautiful. It's famous because it describes to us the marriage relationship and how the marriage relationship pictures the relationship that we have with Christ Jesus, a oneness, a completeness. It speaks of how Jesus gave himself for the church, so also husbands give themselves for their wives. In this, it gives us a little hint as to a ministry that Jesus is doing in the individual lives of his body, his church, you, the Christian. It says in Ephesians 5.26 that Jesus Christ gave himself for the church because he had a purpose and a plan. Verse 26, that he might sanctify, set apart, and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he may present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You see, Christ has a goal in each of our lives, and that is to set us apart, and that is to cleanse us, that in the day he may present us complete. He can present us as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And if you look here, but that it, his church, should be holy and without blemish. You see that word holy? Same concept as sanctifying. 
Sanctify and holy. Holiness. They're connected. They have to do with being set apart. Think of it in the marriage relationship for a moment. When you got married, what did you do? You sanctified your wife, didn't you? Yes. You said, I forsake all others, and this one is set apart specially to me. And hopefully, every day in your marriage as you go forward, she continues to be set apart more and more as the days go by. Now, in a sense, we can't fulfill the greatest fulfillment of it as Christ can. That's the ministry of Christ alone. And the object lesson breaks down. The illustration breaks down. But yet, day by day, we can continue to set her apart. If we aren't, there's a problem. And we ought not to be surprised that infidelity and other terrible sins will come into that marriage. The sanctification needs to continue to be there. So it is true in our relationship with Christ. Are we allowing ourselves daily to be set, up, set apart, set to God, holy? He's doing a work in us. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27 or 26 speaks of the ministry of Christ of sanctification right now, the present, and it looks forward to the presenting of it, the conclusion of it. You might say the glorification. In fact, the glorious church is there mentioned. And so we see here this present sanctification, and we see here that it is done through the washing of the water of the word. Does that remind you of John 17? The prayer of Jesus? What was his prayer? Sanctify them. How? Through thy word. Thy word is truth. We are set apart and cleansed day by day through the washing of the water of the word, the word of God. I believe also, and especially in the context of Ephesians 5, which we don't have time to go into today, it also includes the Holy Spirit who is living water involved in that process. But the Word of God is a part of our sanctification. Let me put it in a little bit different words. Our present sanctification of being set apart, we may struggle with that. Well, it's described in different ways in the Bible. Other words are used. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it speaks of us growing in grace. Growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 8, it speaks of us beholding the Lord Jesus, and as we behold him, we are changed into his image, into the same image, the image of Christ. And we are changed from glory to glory. And there in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says that this is done as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we are set aside, ongoing, and it's as if it's a changing from glory to glory. It's a process that looks to the day of complete glorification. Now with that, take your Bibles and look with me at Romans chapter 8. This is key for us. 
Because remember a little while ago, I said that all three of these are distinct, but I said that it is very important that they are all viewed together. What is our life? It is even a vapor. You know what a vapor is? It's when you take the candle and you puff it out, and that little bit of smoke goes, and it's gone. Ever so moment. You realize that our lives, from the perspective of eternity, from the perspective of the omniscient, omnipresent, eternal God, become in the flash. Not even that. And it's important for us oftentimes to view our situation from the big picture. I'm talking of our progressive sanctification. Let me tell you, last week we talked about personal devotions in Bible Hour, didn't we? We struggle with that sometimes, don't we? We struggle with sin sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we're tempted to be frustrated with ourselves, and sometimes our response is a problem. Sometimes we create a whole bunch of rules and guidelines and discipline to keep ourselves in check. That's not sanctification. Sometimes we just say, I'm done with it all, I quit. That's not sanctification. Sanctification is, is realizing that we are weak, I am weak, and letting Jesus set me apart. Letting Jesus, yielding my life, my passions, my desires, my priorities, my schedules to Him and letting Him do the work through me. And it's very important to remember in the midst of that, I've been forgiven. I've been justified. I've been sanctified. I'm in Jesus and Jesus in me. I have the hope of glory. And that hope of glory is guaranteed. In fact, I've had you turn to Romans chapter 8 to illustrate this truth. Romans chapter 8, verses 29 through 30, declares this. For whom? I'm going to put my name in there. For Stephen he did for no. And he also did predestinate to be conformed. There you see the progressive to be conformed to the image of his son. May we take 1 Corinthians 3.18 from glory to glory that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, let's not miss that word. Moreover, don't miss this point. This is very important. Whom he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Then he also called... And whom he called, them he also justified, declared righteous. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, why is that verse so exciting? It has to do with grammar. Oh, you say, that's boring. Oh, grammar's exciting when it comes to this. Glorified. You see that word? Is that past, present, or future? 
Well, you might be sitting here thinking, well, of course, that's future when you get your chronology in order, right? But the grammar doesn't say future. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that whom he foreknew he did predestinate, or whom he did predestinate he called, and whom he called he justified, and whom he justified he will glorify. It doesn't say that. It says, whom he justified, them he also glorified. It's done. The next time you feel the aches and pains, the next time you feel the intensity of temptation to do wrong, remember from the perspective of eternity, as one who is set apart in Christ, you're glorified. Ephesians describes it this, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. You are in glory already. Do you see how that could change how you live now? All three of these aspects, as we look at it, sometimes our limited human mind, stuck and trapped in time, loses track of the fact that our God is eternal. All of this flows together. And it, for me, inspires me. It motivates me. It encourages me to continue to yield, to continue to behold my Savior Jesus, to let his glory change me day by day, from glory to glory. Here in Romans 8, it motivates me to yield to him, to let him conform me into his image. In, first, in 2 Peter 3.18, it was described as grow. Have you ever tried to make a plant grow? Just try it sometime. Try to make a plant grow. It just doesn't work. If you try, you'll kill it. It's something that God has designed. So in our lives, we grow when we just let him live through us. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible is in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Will you turn there with me? There are several reasons why this is my favorite verse. It comes after a list of commands. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, there's a series of commands given. Very practical, very important. But you know, these commands are not given there to demonstrate our religious discipline, our self-righteousness, or how good we are at making rules. It's not why they're there. In fact, if they are, you'll get yourself in trouble. For as we continue down through it, and after all of this is given, look with me at... 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23, there is a prayer, and it is this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That's the reason why in our statement of faith the word complete is there. Paul's prayer for us. May the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit 
and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we are looking for the Lord Jesus Christ's return. And in that, our spirit, soul, and body will be wholly set apart. It will be complete. Complete in all aspects. Wholly set apart unto God. Now, if you're like me, you may be one to try to help this along. You can't. For look at the next verse, verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Who called you to sanctification? Who called you to glorification? The Lord Jesus Christ did. And it's not something that we strive for in self-righteous discipline. It is something in which we yield to him and he does it. And he is faithful to do it. That means it can be trusted in. Turn with me back in this same book to chapter 3 and look with me at verse 12. Here again, it's a blessing, a prayer. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Did you see the sanctification there in that verse? It's there in verse 13. To the end, there's a goal. He, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness, in sanctification, in being set apart before God, even our Father. And when will this be done? At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. That's a day we look forward to when it will be complete. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 speaks of it as we began here, our salvation. Our salvation is then complete. For we now are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And in the last time here is at the coming of of our Lord Jesus Christ with the saints. Oh, what a joy it is to be in Christ. And so as you are living your lives today and you are loving one another, as is described here, as you are seeking to obey your God, remember that you have been set apart 
in Christ. Day by day, he is setting you apart, sanctifying and cleansing you that you may grow, that you may be conformed into his image, that you may be transformed, that you may go from glory to glory, looking to that day when your sanctification will be fully complete as you are fully and completely glorified. And if you doubt the glorification at any moment, remember this truth. As it's been revealed, it's as good as done. In God's eyes, it's done. And so no matter what we are facing now, we look to that day. This changes our lives. This gives us hope. So I leave you with this challenge this morning. Have you been sanctified? Have you been set apart in Christ? If not, today believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Trust in him and he will, by his spirit, immerse you into his body. You will become one of his. You will be in him set apart unto God. If you have already been set apart unto God, sanctified by his blood, will you yield yourself to the cleansing, sanctifying water of the word? Will you let the word of God dwell in you richly? Will you let the Lord Jesus Christ change you, transform you? Will you grow in him? And will you glory in your glorification, promised and guaranteed as if it's already happened? That's our hope this day. Gracious God, we praise you and thank you. We love you. We thank you that you have sanctified us. We thank you that you are sanctifying us. And we look to that day and we consider it reality now that we are sanctified, established, made perfect, complete in you. May we live in that reality. Lord Jesus, I pray that your spirit would work among us here this morning for those who have not believed on you, who have not received you, that today they would believe and be set apart. And for each one of your children here today, your body, may we yield day by day to you. And may you transform us from glory to glory. We look for your soon return. We glory in the fact that you are our blessed hope. And as we continue through, may we recognize that we are, even in the midst of the trials and difficulties and temptations of this world, seated in heavenly places in you, Lord Jesus. May we live that reality each day, that you might glorify yourself through us, for without you, we can do nothing. We hope and rejoice in your goodness as we pray in your name. Amen.